Greetings and salutations. Welcome to the Green Mountain Roundup. I am Ernesto Sanchez. I am here with John Downing and Marty Griffin. This is episode one, our pilot. Thanks for joining along. Time for a quick recap this week in sports. Um, so we're going to start um, with a little bit of an introduction. Uh, Marty, if you want to begin with uh, who you are, where you're from, and kind of what you get into. I'm Marty Griffin. I am from Texas, unfortunately. I'm just kidding. Uh, that's that's my Dallas uh, heart just aching right now. Um, lived in Vermont for over 17 years now, so I'm a little bit of a hybrid. I've fallen in love with Boston sports. I am a uh, Celtics fan, a Red Sox fan, but I am not a Patriots fan. Sorry, John. <laughs> uh, so I love my Spurs as well, and also... Unfortunately, the Dallas Cowboys, which are just just depleting my soul right now. But uh, before I cry, I'll hand it off to John. <laughs> Thanks, Marty. My name's John Downing, also known as at Green Mountain Grinder on Twitter. I am from the Boston area. I am 39 years old, soon to be 40. I've lived in Vermont for almost or a little over 10 years now. A little over 10 years. So I am a diehard Boston sports fan. So. I'm here to bring you Patriots, Red Sox, Celtics, and a little bit of Bruins takes. And that's what I have to offer, and I'm looking forward to it. I am uh, Ernesto Sanchez. I am from uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So obviously uh, I bleed black and gold for uh, baseball, hockey, and football. Um, yeah, that that pretty much does it. I'm a, a, a casual Red Sox fan. I, I moved here about ten years ago. Uh, you know when uh, the Red Sox were making history and making Johnny feel real, real good inside. Uh, so you know, <laughs> caught a little bit of the the fever. And you know, it's also really depressing being a uh, a Pirates fan. So it's it's nice to uh, head over to Fenway sometimes and uh, have something to cheer for. Yeah, I can only imagine. <laughs> it's good being an NFC uh, East uh, as far as a Cowboys uh, fan, so it puts us close to the Giants, who we all probably love to hate. We love to hate on the They're Giants. certainly not on the yeah. like list. <laughs> <laughs> not on that page, as you would say. Nope. Uh, Taking too much. Yeah, exactly. So also, you know, uh, hating Philadelphia very, 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 very much. Uh, that was a very hard Super Bowl to watch last year as a Cowboy fan. I can imagine as a Patriots. So I'm not bringing that up to hurt you, but uh, just back talking about things. like that connection on the East Coast and East Coast sports. It's nice. That's why I think uh, we uh, get along talking about the things we love most in our divisions, and it, it all kind of gets us connected together. So that's what we're here to talk about, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, so speaking of our teams. Um, we just, uh, while we're watching the rest of uh, week one happen as we speak, New York Jets are winning 17-10 to 10, uh, at Detroit. Um, so uh, let's talk real quickly about um, how your team's games went and uh, some, some takeaways. Yeah, I'm not excited about it either. <laughs> and some takeaways uh, from that. Let's, uh, let's start with John, who's... Uh, was start. Positive. We'll start on. We'll start <laughs> with the, yeah. or we, can, we can end on a good note. <laughs> uh, well, he was at the like games. Like I said, this is a pilot. We didn't think this through. <laughs> <laughs> All right, negative or positive? How do we start? All right, I guess we can go positive. Yes, I was at the game yesterday, so that 
means that I didn't get to catch most of the other games. Obviously, I followed along with the scores and fantasy players, but I didn't get to watch the games as I normally would, but it did give me an up-close and personal look at the Patriots. And so I just have a few things that... of a few positive notes that I took from the game and, you know, a few negatives that I took from it as well, things to watch for going forward. First off, I just... I believe, I said this to you guys earlier, first and foremost, I think this gets forgotten. You guys say that I'm crazy, but I don't think so. I think the thing that I take most from it is that we have Tom Brady, and no matter what else happens around him, players come and go, but for years the constant has been Tom Brady. Yes, Belichick, but for me it's been Brady is number one most important on the team, and as long as we have him, we are going to be in a good position. We are going to win double-digit games every year. We're probably going to get, as a Patriots fan, we're probably going to get into the second round of the playoffs every year. And like we have into the AFC Championship game for seven straight years. And I just feel that we are very lucky to have him. And not enough people feel that way, especially in New England. I feel that people were... Say what you want to say. Well, I, <laughs> and, around, and around the country. I feel to, like to as, be clear, you're, as making soon, the, as, you're making the point that Tom Brady is, is underrated. Underappreciated. Underappreciated. As soon as that Green Bay Packers game happened last night, of course, that I, and I didn't even bother to watch because I knew it was going to happen on the national sports radio shows on you know the channel name I don't like to mention, but you all know who I'm talking about. And you knew it was going to be all Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers oh. is the greatest this. Aaron we'll Rodgers get into Aaron Rodgers that. later. We'll I'd rather not. I'd rather, <laughs> not. I'd rather not because he doesn't deserve it. He's, he's unreliable. One of the biggest... Of parts of Brady is that he's so reliable. He knows how to get hit as a quarterback. He knows how to take hits. He knows how to stay in the game. He's very healthy. He lasted the entire. He lasts the entire season, year after year after year. Even though he's not a mobile co- quarterback, that's, and I think his pocket presence is huge. Too. That's always an NFL perception too of like Brady's always. And I agree with you. How he's always had the stigma that he has to be perfect to be recognized. Absolutely. Where Rodgers is like considered like that I mean still like the and Green Bay loves those gunslinger quarterbacks since Favre. So he's a gunslinger. He's going to get wild outside the pocket, try to make things happen, make his fair share of mistakes, lose certain games, but get those big drives and win as well. But I think like he gets praised more in those moments where Brady's just he's just locked in. Consistent. He's a machine. He's consistent. He he is an orchestrator of the game. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to play the field. He knows not how not to take hits, when to get down, when to let it go. So he's smart. So he's just. I just think that that's just the what the NFL likes to create. They it's like LeBron and Jordan. He's not flashy. It's the same thing. Yeah, right. he's, not, he's flashy. not flashy. Yeah. And the thing about Rodgers and a quarterbacks like Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson is they are flashy. But part of the reason they are flashy is because they can struggle for first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, and then they pull out these magical comebacks at the end of the game to pull them their teams out from behind. But part of the reason they were front, they were in behind is because they got them there by struggling to start the game. Right. And I think part of the reason what makes Brady so great is his consistency from play to play game to game, year to year, you can count on him being consistent. He's got a very efficient game. I don't think he's underappreciated. I think there's just a fair amount of disdain around the league because he's so good. He's so good. You're the franchise. You're killing it right now. It's the way it is. I felt that kind of heat back in the day. Uh, You know, 90s, early 90s with the Cowboys. They're on top of the world. We can walk around with that stigmatism like we're the best, but you're going to be hated by most. So you're it's just what you create. But right so now, if he's hated because he's the best, then you're doing everything right. So just 
It doesn't bother me. You know, right there's a, right. an, a debate, especially in New England, about who's more important to the Patriots' dynasty over the last 20 years because there's this perceived rift between Belichick and Brady. So people are trying to identify <laughs> which one of them has been it's more, soap opera. more important. Just, the media They're just creates looking a for soap stuff opera. That, you and know, I agree that both of them have had equal importance, but I can, think it was more Brady early on in 2000, or Belichick early on in 2001, three and four championship. Oh, since 07. I will say and stand on this that it's been Brady, and that Brady is the one responsible lately. And if you look, you just look at the defenses that Belichick has put in, put on his teams for the last few years, and it doesn't matter. Brady no. still gets them to the point where they need to be. People wanted Garoppolo, and look how he performed yesterday. There, are people are calling for Brady to be traded and let go of. Right. We'll, we'll get know. to him a little bit later. And we're, <laughs> yeah, and we're feeling it right now because it's regional and everybody's excited. It's it's like Christmas morning opening season of football, so all that stuff gets surfaced again. It's yeah. tabloid TV half the time, and we get hooked in so I don't, easily. I don't know, Marty. You I take the bait. You and me got coal for this Christmas morning. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we got to move on from Brady. We can't be all Brady all the time, but I did just want to mention that. Um, so going along with Brady as being a thing that I liked from the game, also Gronkowski looked fantastic like he always does. As long as he, he's on the Patriots with Brady, Rare you know, they're going to be dynamite. Rare fumble. Rare fumble. That, was a good po- that, that was just a good defensive play, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah great punch. A um, couple other guys that under underappreciated guys were Trent Brown, left tackle. I thought he was phenomenal. I uh, took a few nice close-up pictures of the game, and you look at him next to the other lineman on the team, the guy's a monster. 6'7", 300, almost 400 pounds. Um, he's going to take care of Brady's blindside this year. Philip Dorsett, seven targets, had seven catches, some key tar- key catches and key moments, including a touchdown. On the defensive side, Trey Flowers, he's an underappreciated presence on the defensive line. He had a nice sack on Deshaun Watson yesterday. And then there's a rookie. Um, he wasn't on one of their two first-round picks from Georgia, but Juwan Bentley looks like he's going to be a presence in the middle of their defense and their weak linebacking crew that they had last year. Yeah. Uh, they look much stronger this year with a healthy Hightower and an emerging Juwan Bentley. So Bentley's a name to watch out for. And then uh, Dietrich Wise, also uh, his second year on the team as a defensive end, also had a sack in the game yesterday looking really strong. Um, Did so, uh, Watson go for like 300 last year and only got like 176 in this game too? Yes. Yeah. I think, like I'm saying, so the Patriots defense I think is yeah. underrated and I think they're only going to get better Good as the year goes on. In, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of questions around that defense coming in. And then the other person I thought looked really good from yesterday from the other side was DeAndre Hopkins. And the, he's, he's truly amazing because his hands are elite. He seems to catch everything that's thrown his way. And he's so wiry and slippery. And he's just, he's just like, he's a nuisance. He's hard to... He runs hard. He, he annoys hard you. He's con- he seems like he's getting every target. And oh. he, he's always slipping out of tackles. And so he kind of, he I bothers think, me. I think beside, behind Julio and Antonio, he's the one. If not, like right there with him right yeah, he's, now. Because he's elite. he goes 100% every play. And so should we go look at the uh, negatives from the game yesterday? There are clearly weren't as many negatives as there were <laughs> positives because we, you know, we won. But I thought Chris Hogan, as a number one receiver, failed pretty pretty miserably in his in his debut as the number one guy for the Patriots. A lot of people expected big things from him, but what people didn't realize is that as a number one wide receiver, you're going to get the number one attention from the number one quarterback, and you're going to get number one receiver right. attention. And I think that really affected him yesterday. Um, as far as the Texans really, you know, guarding against, he had two touchdowns in this game last year against the Texans, and he definitely didn't repeat that yesterday. He had one catch for 11 yards. The other guy that I found to be a disappointment was Cordero Patterson. I think a lot of people expected big things from him this week, with him being one of only three available receivers to them yeah. on offense. 
they did definitely attempt to get him the ball in space. A lot of bubble screens. Um, they did not attempt to get him the ball deep, but I feel like they're putting on film the short passing and the bubble screens to Patterson so that teams will have to come up and cover against that, and then in the coming weeks they'll take advantage of that and use Patterson on a deep route and try to burn him deep. So that's the positive that I took from Patterson. The negative was the return game. I thought he held the ball way too loosely when he was returning a kick inside his own 10-yard line. It could easily pop out. And we know how Belichick feels about guys that fumble the ball. So if you're going to be returning kicks for him, the most important thing is protecting the ball. We saw Riley McCarron fumble at the end of the game, and it almost cost them the game, or at least Texans possibly tying the game. Yeah. And that's not going to be good for McCarron. Um, it wouldn't be good for Patterson if he was to eventually fumble the ball in a kick return as well. Uh, next, the guy that I did not like was Rex Burkhead. Uh, he wasn't on the same page as he was in the rece- as Tom Brady in the receiving game. Clearly, Brady gave him a few dirty looks when he saw that he wasn't in the position that he needed to be on passing routes. So he currently is not one of the guys in the receiving game that is a reliable pass catcher. And as long as he doesn't separate himself from the rest of the pack as the lead running back in the Patriots system, it leaves the door open for a guy, a first-round rookie like Sonny Michel, to take over once he's healthy with his knee. And that's what I think is eventually going to happen. Because Rex Burkhead, while... He's valuable and flexible. His his upside is limited, you know. And a guy like Sony Michelle, he has huge, immense upside. And I think it's only a matter of time until he's able to overtake in that position and do great things. On the other side of the ball, I thought Jadavian Clowney had a, had little to no impact on the game. You could see the frustration as he was coming off the field to the sideline multiple times. Trent Brown gave him fits yesterday. That's why I thought J- J- Trent Brown did a fantastic job. Quarterback-wise, Deshaun Watson didn't look very good yesterday. I think a lot of people expected him to go right back into the player that he was last season, um, right before he tore his ACL. And, you know, he's had almost a year off, and I think it's going to take a little bit of time for him to gain gain that, you know, momentum back into being a, a quarterback who trusts himself, trusts himself to be able to get outside the pocket and pass. So right now I feel like he's just trying to find his way on the football field, and he'll get there. But yesterday certainly wasn't a very good showing for Deshaun Watson. And lastly, my last negative from the game was Coach Bill O'Brien, who's now 0-8 against the Patriots. And he just makes too many questionable coaching decisions from – the one where they were down 27-13 to 13 with seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter. They had the ball on the 50-yard line, and you're punting the ball. So this is coaching not to – this is coaching safe. Coaching not, coaching not to lose your job. You're not coaching to win the game. You're coaching to throw, play it safe and play the safe throw football Throw a 30-yard interception, but go for it. Right, go for it. That go works, for that it. works like a punt. Like, be aggressive. And, and, and I totally understand that coaches with cachet like Belichick, they can do things like that <clears throat> because they've won. So they can play aggressive, and they can make the bold calls. And O'Brien clearly hasn't been a winner, so he's afraid. He's yeah. afraid that if he doesn't win this year, he could lose his job. So I get that he doesn't want to be bold. But you're never going to advance your team if you're, you're playing your coaching safe. And that's just my opinion. And I thought yesterday he coached not to lose, not to lose a job. And well, that again, franchise is spending money. They want the wins. They need to be there. They need to be so, playing play, playoff football. So they need to be. Maybe he's feeling that pressure. Maybe I think they'll get better as the yeah. season goes along. But he needs to coach more aggressively. That's certain. I'm certain of that. Anyway, I had a great time at the Patriots game yesterday, and I thought that. Things looked as good as they could in week one. You know, the Patriots usually struggle right out, right out of the gate. We saw last year what happened against Kansas City on opening night. 
And I think the defense is going to get better, and I think the offense is going to get better, and I think good things are to come for the Patriots. Well, send it over to you, Mark. As they always do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't lead with as much as enthusiasm this week with John. Maybe not even this season. I don't know. Losing Witten, uh, you know, is tough. Losing Des Bryant, uh, personally like to see him go with the understanding that the Dallas Cowboys would have gone out and got a Tier 1 quarterback in the offseason, which they didn't do. We picked up Hearns. We were relying on Michael Gallup going into this season, and it proved wrong yesterday. Uh, Dallas goes into Carolina, loses 16-8. to eight. Uh, Stagnant offense in the first. Uh, 60 yards totals with only four first downs. You're leaving your defense out on the field forever. Against uh, a North Turner, uh, North Turner um all for offensive coordinated uh, coaching game. Uh, new with Carolina this year where they were going to open it up with Cam Newton, and you could see that a little bit yesterday. He's back running again, 58 yards rushing. Uh, they played some aggressive football. Uh, I take a positive away that Dallas held up. You only give up 10 points. Like I said, um, you're only getting 60 yards in the first half, four first downs. That, that defense is out there for a long time. But they're doing work, and you're holding them to 10 to nothing in the first half, and six points in the second half. And you score eight. So this clearly lies on the on the offense. We knew this coming in. There, it was going to be receiving by committee, but not much of a committee showed up yesterday. We relied on Beasley. He had over 73 yards. He was our only shining moment in that offense. Zeke goes for 69 yards, one rushing TD out of 15 attempts. But my fear is they are going to kill him this year because defenses are going to push those gaps hard and threaten Dak to throw, and he can't throw down, downhill, uh, uphill, as you can say. He just can't throw deep anymore. Kind of like what Worley faced two years ago yeah. playing for the Rams with Jeff right. Fisher. It's just so weird. Eight men, nine and men And this in the is box. supposed to be an offense this year with Linehan coaching, giving, giving the reins by Garrett, which you put him in either one of those coaches' reins, I don't think your offense is going to do much. I don't have faith in this offensive coaching unit anymore. Uh, Kellen Moore is the quarterback's coach. He's in a tough position right now. But Alan Hearns and Gallup aren't your answer to being a winning offense right now. And it's unfortunate because that line is suffering a little bit too. You can see it in the carries, but also he was sacked six times yesterday, running around everywhere. If you're going to have a, a, a receiving quarterback committee, he's got to have time to go through those progressions. And he's getting the first or second look and having to drop and run. And he didn't throw any interceptions yesterday. I think he would go for 170 yards. Uh, out of 29 attempts. So, so that's rough in today's NFL. Yeah, absolutely. you got to be over 230 with a solid running game if you want to stand a chance. But the defense only gives up six in the second half. You get eight. You won the second half in a way. So you can lean on your defense a little bit. But uh, it's going to be a tough road ahead for the Cowboys. And I was coming in thinking if we could have got that receiver in the offseason, we would have been maybe right behind Philly right there and could compete because I think it's a competitive division but not the best division right now um but now looking at it and seeing it going in i believe we are dead last right now and i hate to come out the season that way but they need to show me something do you think that gallup will eventually be that receiver i mean long term and maybe as this year goes along possibly but it's all depending on spacing for your receivers you know, if he can't throw up field, if he can't get time to create those that offense, I don't know if anybody's going to shine on that offense this right. year. You know, Zeke can still put up some numbers, but it's going to be by by having to do a lot of attempts and just pushing that ball up field. But like I said, he's going to take a beating, and that's going to put him in a tough position. 
Yeah, that's unfortunate. But, you know, I, I will walk away with a positive on the defense, though. They, they impressed me a little bit yesterday. There was a lot of questions about them coming in. Uh, Randy Greg, uh, Gregory got a concussion yesterday. We'll have to see where he lands uh, by playing next week. But um, it's going to be a rough one, I think, unless they make some solid changes or just get the mindset that they got to open it up and just take chances offensively. On the flip side, how did how do you think McCaffrey looked? Because he's one of my favorite players, and I, I fumble think. cost him oh, a fumbled. little bit. Yeah, he made a fumble uh, down close. Uh, I think it was in the within the red zone within the t- uh, within side ten yards. Um, he ran for forty five yards, so the rushing was dependent upon uh, Cam Newton a little bit. Uh, they they froze up in the second half. It seemed like they're just trying to play that field position game because Same. they knew the Cowboys were in a, in a rough spot and just couldn't right. produce. But it kind of put them in a position because they got within eight points and had a chance to go down the field again, but they just ran out of, uh, of time and chances. But uh, I think they have some work to do, but I think they have some really, really solid players offensively. And you know that defense is going to show up too. Kukli, I think, had 11 tackles yesterday. As long he's as Kukli is healthy, he's Kukli's the captain. Season. Yeah, he was just flying around the field. I mean, he he that defense was pushing on them hard. They knew they had a weak opponent, and they were throwing haymakers all in the first half. All right. Um. <laughs> I know. It's like, well, should we ask you? I, I uh, think do you want to talk I about the Steelers? I think we're cheering even though <laughs> my team lost and his tied. But I think we kind of knew what the Cowboys were facing yesterday. But eh, I'm going to leave it over to Mr. Sanchez right now. <laughs> oh, hate to be the dead horse. but oh. Well, uh, you know. It's I know it's been those, a rough two days for you. Yeah, it's, it's going through the process of grieving here. First, first it's you know disbelief, and then comes anger, uh, and hurt, and trying to process it all. No, I think there's there's a lot of good takeaways from it. Um, I'm take taking a look at our machine here. I think it'd be prudent uh, to take a quick break right now so we can reset it and uh, get it going again. Um, so we're gonna take the opportunity to do that now and then get into the Steelers Browns. Just a moment. Sweet. <laughs> 